This is the Prove Yourself Right podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We hope that you find it encouraging, motivational, and beneficial to you in your day-to-day walk. For all your Prove Yourself Right needs, please follow us on all social media platforms. Also become a subscriber through ACAST, which you can find in a link in our descriptions and our bios through our social medias. Thank you for your time. Thank you for supporting the Prove Yourself Right podcast. Enjoy this episode. Welcome. This is another episode of the Prove Yourself Right podcast, and I am your host, Jonathan Rhodes. And today, I am looking to be inspired, and I want to pick up on some knowledge from some beautiful women and intelligent women at that, beyond the beauty part, because now I don't want to sexualize anyone in here now. But anyways, these women are very influential in my life. They help me open up about things that, as a man... I was insecure about because I didn't feel like men talked about those type of things. And these women come from a background. They're professionals in what they do. And they also work in industries that are like most of the common ones, male dominated. And they are excelling in those male dominated fields. And I want to talk to them about the the obstacles and some of the stuff that people kind of, it kind of goes unnoticed sometimes. So as a man, I don't look at, certain issues as a problem because as a man it's not a problem for me but for women it's a real thing and I don't think as a society we take it as serious when hearing it so right now these two women I want them to break it down to us the inside scoop that we really don't see that's really going on that we kind of take a natural blind eye to so before that I want these women to introduce themselves so I'm gonna start with Miss Shana Desir here you go. Hi I'm Shana Desir I'm I'm Jonathan's Girlfriend, thank you for having me. I'm also a public servant. I work for the federal government. I'm aspiring singer as well, and I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk. And hands off that. That's mine, please. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and next we have the beautiful, amazing Miss Chantel. Chantel, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm Chantel Lucier. I'm a mental performance consultant. Uh, and so I've studied sport and performance psychology, and I've been in the sport and performance industry now for nearly 16 years working nice. in performance. I'm glad, man. The, the Red Blacks brought us together, and now we have a relationship that goes far beyond the field and, and just regular business. I consider you a friend, and you helped me open up. You were one of the ones that really helped me open up. People I don't hear don't understand our relationship, but me and you know the ins and outs. It's some stuff that just how I was raised, I wasn't used to. And just getting straight to it, I ain't gonna sugarcoat nothing. I wasn't used to expressing my feelings to a white woman in, in my field and where I come from. It just wasn't in my dynamics. I yeah. grew up with black women. Uh, the white women that were in my life were what? Teachers and coaches, wives. So I never really had a real relationship with them. So I'm glad me and you got to build a relationship together. And I love your professionalism and I love your insight and hopefully today, we can help everybody else understand who you are and we can help other people understand the ins and outs of this being a professional woman because you had to come into a field dominated by men, literally football. It's just a, a sport that is dominated by men. And I really don't think people understand what women go through when it, when especially you have to go to those jobs that are higher up, those big corporate jobs and those big jobs that make you have to speak and 
you have to have a certain integrity and a certain respect level. But people don't understand. Women don't have that respect level coming into some jobs. And we, and we, like I said, the blind eye I talked about before, it's a natural blind eye we turn because when a man complains, you go, oh, yeah, he, he has a right to say that. But then when a woman complains, you go, like, okay, what, it's like, a, what is she complaining about now, dude? I don't know why we have that negativity towards women's feelings and why we look like, uh, why we look like that and act like that towards women in the professional business. So the first question I'm going to ask y'all leading into this is, what are some of the stereotypes y'all been through? or of experience that people kind of take a blind eye to. And for example, what I'm meaning is like dress code. When I go into a corporate office and I'm trying to interview for a job, I just put on a regular suit, tie, easy for a man. Going into there to tell my part of why another man should hire me is all easy. Then vice versa, what I've heard from women and I want some more clarification from y'all, y'all have to even go into bigger detail. So y'all have to watch what you wear. It can't be too sexualized. It can't be too revealing because the the reasoning and the purpose of you being there gets kind of misconstrued by some people. So I'm going to let y'all go into that here. And that's kind of where we're going with this first podcast today. All right, here we go. So now it's time for y'all to hear it from the women themselves. So to both of y'all, I just want to know what are the challenges y'all face in everyday in the everyday workforce that other people kind of overlook? Well, I say for myself as a woman, I think there it's a tough battle with wanting to be very successful and what it takes to dedicate the time to build a level of success mm -hmm. and how that may compromise your personal life, right? Like I think wanting to be very successful shouldn't also mean wanting to not have a relationship or be in a relationship. And then for me, I would say as a public servant and in a very conservative um, city, mm -hmm. I think there there is certain attitudes or feelings about those that have families and those that also don't, right? So I think that there's so many different pieces and different perspectives, mm -hmm. and it's tough to want to carry your own truth at the forefront of all that, knowing that other folks in the room may have other thoughts and ideas about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And you don't really know stepping into any position or any culture or any team until you're already in the team. Yeah. You know, interview processes are tough. And, you know, when you mentioned before things like dress code, yes, I definitely factor in my own physique and the things that are flattering or not flattering or the mm -hmm. things that might give a different optic as opposed to other things. And it's a reality. And while I want to say that it's not, I think I do an injustice to myself acting like it's not real. True. I think I'm, I'm better positioned acknowledging it and doing what is appropriate to me at least, and was professional, than to act like it shouldn't matter. Because yeah. if it does matter, I don't want that to be the thing that, you know, hinders my growth and my success. So those are all realities, I think, yeah. as a woman. And it's different for each woman. Yeah. I don't think it's one, it's not the same narrative for all women. I mm -hmm. think it's a very different reality for different types of women. And I think wanting to be dressed up for work, which I always love to do, yeah. um, and what that seems like, or with that, that perspective, what that gives off to other women, not just men per se in the workforce, but even women in the workforce, is it's always a constant battle and a constant uh, reality, I think, for women all across the board. Okay, Chantel, what do you think about this? Yeah, I certainly agree, and it's an, an 
interesting thing how in sport, for example, one of the things that I really appreciate when I'm brought into and integrated mm -hmm. in a sports team is that mm -hmm. usually there's a uniform yeah. that comes along with that. And mm -hmm. so all of a sudden the things about what to wear, not to wear, and what the optics are going to be mm -hmm. gets eliminated because now I get to wear a uniform just mm -hmm. like anybody else. Um, gender and, and whether I'm wearing flats or heels is irrelevant uh, because I get to wear the sneakers mm -hmm. that go with a sporty look. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden it really becomes about who I am as a human being and what contribution, mm -hmm. what am I actually adding that's added value to the team yes. in terms of my role and less so about all these preconceived notions about, you know, that, that, that sometimes are the first optic, you know, hair up, hair down, mm -hmm. uh, heels versus flats. Like, honestly, I'm the same human being and what I bring to the table doesn't matter, doesn't change based on that. Uh, but that's one of the things I love in a sporting environment is that there are certain equalizers um, like a dress code mm -hmm. that all of a sudden make gender not uh, really matter as much. That's awesome. Um, but you know, the, you brought something up that, that I thought was really interesting, for example, job interviews. Uh, I, I have found that one of the biggest obstacles uh, as a woman and a professional uh, has been that, that proverbial, you know, getting through the door, getting in the room, mm -hmm. getting a seat at the table. Um, and I find that a lot of times, things like networking, you know, mm -hmm. that, that word we so often yeah. use in a professional setting, mm -hmm. what is networking? Well, it's relationship building. And I find that what that looks like for my male colleagues is very different than what that looks like for me. And Whoa. so there's certain things I have to consider um, just to make sure that, uh, that the optics are always uh, what they need to be for mm -hmm. the professional value to actually be seen, mm -hmm. let alone appreciated. Absolutely. Man, y'all are opening my eyes to a whole another door that I never really had to open because like I told y'all, I've always dealt with males in my profession. My boss has always been a male. My colleagues have always been male. So the, the walking on eggshells, that, that's what I call it, to make sure I'm, I'm doing everything appropriately. Everything I do naturally is appropriate, right? So with y'all's being, with y'all being women, y'all have to just look at y'all's physical makeup as a problem and make sure y'all are bringing it to the table um in an appropriate way so nobody takes it out of out of context beyond doing y'all's job that y'all are there for that's a lot to deal with and what i want to ask y'all now is do you think with the world changing and, and women becoming of, of power and getting powerful seats do y'all feel like the respect level is there because then you have that demographic of the women that really don't have the characteristics, but they get these certain parts. And then we look at it as society portrays it. Well, she just looks good. That's why they gave it to her. So I know y'all feel some of those things too. So how do y'all think in the workforce, um, having the credentials to look in the part, how does that go? Do you think sometimes you get passed up for not looking the part, but having the credentials or is it vice versa? So how do y'all feel about that dynamic? Uh, oh, y'all can take it either way. Okay, I'll go with so I'll jump <laughs> on in. Um, certainly one of the things I've observed, and again, it's just by seeing some some great male colleagues and friends mm -hmm. who, who work in either the same profession as me or related professions, mm -hmm. um, and, and quite literally, not complaining, just observation, mm -hmm. what has taken them three to five years to accomplish has taken me 15 to 20. Wow. Um, and that's no small difference At right um and, and i i absolutely value the contributions of my male mm -hmm. colleagues mm -hmm. uh but when i notice the discrepancy 
I'm like, wow. So, so to your point about mm -hmm. credentials, I often have felt that I needed to have three times the credentials just wow. to maybe even be considered, mm -hmm. let alone actually gain the opportunity. Um, so that that's one of the pieces that jumped out at me. And you just feel like, just based off of how the the industry and the the politics in it, you feel like you got to be overly qualified to even get your foot or even the opportunity to get in that door, or get somebody to listen to you. You got you have to be overly qualified, is what you're saying. Correct. Man, that's tough. Shay, how do you feel? And you're working in the government of Ontario right now, so you see a lot of um, differences and you just see people get handled differently. You have male colleagues that are at the same position as you that might not, might get treated differently than you or the boss might have a different dynamic of that male colleague than he has with you. How do you feel that is in the workforce? It's tough because I think in, as a public servant, I think there's a lot of conversations about, you know, things being on an equal platform. Mm -hmm. And so the equalizer that you met, that you discussed about uniform, I think there's an equalizer component in the public service that, you know, the folks are visible, um, that are visibly different. You also, you know, folks who have disabilities, um, those that are Aboriginal, there are boxes to check. So on one end, I do think the credentials are definitely, there, there are factors for credentials and there's mm -hmm. a lot of formalities to ensure that you meet their credentials. Mm -hmm. But at sometimes you can't help but wonder, am I a box or am I, do I belong here? Ooh. Am I here because you see the value maybe added to a team or right here because, you know, it checks off a box and you can obviously you've done the right thing. And being in the team now, like, are you being, am I being given the tools and the things that I need, the resources I need to expand my skills? Because if I'm just a checkbox, then I I'm not necessarily getting those components. Ooh. But if I am an added um, person and you do see the value in my presence, then I may be getting those components. So it's a tough one. I think, of course, each culture with it as a public servant is very different. Um, but I do sometimes question those pieces as well. Like, you know, is it because there's added value or is it just to make sure that we did our due diligence? We do have a woman at these positions. And, and thankfully, I'd say for my specific culture, there are a lot of women in higher positions. So yeah. it's great to see. And they're outstanding. Mm -hmm. And they're really great at doing work-life balance. And they have full lives from what it seems like. And yeah. like, thank God for that and that example. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I recognize that that's just unfortunate to have those examples and that's not maybe the case in all cases. And in any corporate setting, I recognize that might not, but that might not be the case as well, right? So it's all this tough. So it's always these thin lines between, is it to check a box or is it because you see me as the yeah. individual? Because I don't necessarily want to be just treated as a woman in the workforce. I want you to know that me, Shana, the values that I bring, the skills that make me who I am, you can use them and here's how. And I want my growth to be considered and my development to be considered as well, so. You had me at the checkbox and, and the reason you had me at the checkbox is because I see, and I don't know how to describe it in my eyes, the puppets, like I see it in football. It's a guy that's not qualified, doesn't make plays, doesn't do this, but he's the face of the league somehow. What, what makes this guy the face of the league? Because he know how to dress. He, he might be the certain skin tone that resonates with everybody. I'm trying to figure that out of why this guy gets it without having to do the, the dirty work and actually put his foot forward. And I know y'all see women in the work for him. The only reason I say it's a woman thing because I see it more in women. They put women least qualified at certain positions, but they're really just trying to get a dynamic. They're trying to get somebody who resonates with the people but why can't a person more qualified resonate with the people the same way? Mm -hmm. So I wanna I wanna hear from y'all. Why do you, what do y'all feel 
How does that make y'all feel? I'm sorry. So I'm trying to figure out what are the feelings that go behind that when y'all watch a woman who y'all know is less qualified and she doesn't even do the job right, but they have her on there because she meets this visual narrative or this narrative of we need a woman like this in here, whether it's her nationality or her race or whatever. How do y'all feel about people getting put in positions just because they feel like uh, the, the company or the organization feels like they fit the face for but not, don't have any of the credentials? That's such an important piece, and, and you're all bringing up something to me that, that now is glaring, which is the piece about resources mm -hmm. and, and career growth, mm -hmm. right? If we're just uh, checking a box mm -hmm. or we're putting someone in there, but, but it's literally just for that position with no interest in what additional value this person can bring, right. are we then investing in their growth? Are we investing in proper mentoring mm. to allow this person to actually have a career path? And, and I feel like that's something that hasn't been done as well mm. for women in professional careers. Um, not always, of course. I mean, the reason I'm here is because I've had incredible allies mm -hmm. who have oftentimes been male leaders mm -hmm. who have seen value, who have brought me on. Um, but, you know, when especially when we're starting to talk about the higher executive levels, yeah. Um, a lot of times that mentoring process that might happen for a young man mm -hmm. or, or what it, young or not mm -hmm. is not necessarily happening as readily I feel for women professional where it's like you're just hired for this position but there's a lack of vision that the contribution could actually um, uh, extend beyond that role over yeah. time if we invest enough and mm -hmm. believe enough in the candidate to actually put in time, resources, and mentoring. Mm -hmm. So they say they give you the position, but they don't let you grow and expand and, and do anything in the position. They just want you there for just to be there. But you're mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't want to just be here. I want to exist and contribute, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And I think that just exposes the culture of that organization. Because if it is someone who is meant to just fill a role, I think it says a lot about the control that that organization wants to have on the branding, the narrative, what's being said, how it's being said. Uh -huh. And this is a way to mask that. I think, unfortunately, the individual is used as a mask for what the, the intent is for the organization. And so it exposes that organization and it exposes the culture of that organization very well. And being in that position, I would hate to be in a position of that nature and not realize. Yeah. And I would hate to be in that position of that nature and realize and not know, have the battles of, I still need to you know, provide and yeah. figure out a situation for myself, be able to provide my family. So do I stay in this role? Like integrity and you know, like those pieces are tough to battle with. But I think more than anything, when that does take place, it says a lot about the organization and the culture of the organization that you work for. Because really, in my eyes, it would be kind of demoralizing to know that you're doing something and nobody respects what you do. You just a, a nice figurehead. Mm -hmm. That would suck for me. That's like me going out there playing football and the only reason people are cheering for me is because, oh, you just on the team. I ain't have to make a play. I don't have to score a touchdown. I can sit on the bench the whole game and still get the same praise. That's That kind of sucks. So I'm glad y'all got to share that part, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit from the professional side. And I want to get to the relationship side and just male and female interaction because in life nowadays, everybody... You've heard of the independent woman and the woman that can do for herself, has for herself, but that doesn't mean that woman isn't looking for a partner, someone that they can confide in and like, you know, marriage and love and all that kind of stuff comes with it. But we got into a society now that I feel is based on salary, income, and what you can do for said sex, race, or gender, however you want to 
you want to um, classify. I feel like now where it was the independent woman was getting praised for being independent, now it's becoming a negative trait on them trying to build a relationship with a partner because men, I was raised, the man brings the food to the table, he's the breadwinner, he supports, he does all this, he's the protector and the wife. Back like these are the old stereotypes now. The wife takes care of the home, the kids, keeps everything in line. But now women with the independent woman thing, they got their own jobs, they can get their own houses, they can bring their own food to the table. That has threatened men. So that's threatened a lot of relationships as well, in my opinion. These are all my opinions and how I feel. That's why I'm trying to get to the bottom of it and share my thoughts. My thoughts because me and Shayna are in a relationship. Shayna, professional in the government, has her own, could do her own. If she wanted to, she's in a partnership with me. And I'm trying to figure out from y'all's perspective, why do you think us men are so threatened that y'all have y'all own? But then we ask for that. We ask for, I want a woman that has that. But right when we get it, why do you think we get that insecurity? Is it that we're scared to step up to the plate and share the spotlight? Or I take it as, this is my opinion as a man, I feel like we're so threatened that we don't know where we fit in. So we rather not be here than except the woman being the independent one we wanted her to be, but now she's too independent. Now I don't feel like I fit in anywhere. How do y'all feel about that dynamic? I'm going to talk to Chantel first. Oh, I love that question, of Ooh, course. It was and deep, it was deep. It <laughs> is, and you know, I, I, if, I, if I sort of um, wear my academic hat for mm -hmm. a moment, and you know, it really brings me back to a lot of the studies that have been done in social psychology, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and one of the things I think about in terms of uh, sort of places in the world and culture is that here in the Western world, we have a very independent society. Mm -hmm. We have valued independence, but almost, as you say, to a fault, mm -hmm. right? And so even before we put gender into it, mm -hmm. we just so value that an individual should be able to stand on their own two feet, provide for themselves, right. never ask for help by anybody. And, and we've put that on a pedestal in all kinds of almost archetypal ways, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I'm mindful that even when I talk about the warrior mindset and the warrior spirit, which is sort of an archetype that I like, yeah. that again, it's not at the expense of community, at the expense mm -hmm. of relationship, yeah. at the expense... You don't lose your other characteristics and the value of those characteristics just by pedestalizing one or two of them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so one of the words I feel like we've lost in the Western world in mm -hmm. recent years is we, we often talk about independence. Mm -hmm. And then on the toxic side of things, we'll talk about codependency mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that we don't want romantic relationships or family relationships that are codependent. Mm -hmm. But what we forget is that word called interdependence. Mm -hmm. And that's the healthy space where we actually recognize that we, we are... Uh, just like wolves, we're actually meant to live in a tribe. Mm -hmm. We're actually meant to have great friendships and family mm -hmm. bonds and romantic relationships. Yeah. And so that there's almost like um, links in a, in a chain. Yeah. We're supposed to be connected together while still remaining a valuable whole ourselves. Exactly. Right. Uh, so right. I, I, I want us to remember that word, interdependence, and, and bring that back to our relationships. Mm -hmm including with significant others. Right, mm. right. I like that, man. You just said some powerful stuff. Shana, what do you have on this subject? I would have to say, I do think, you know, being someone who's independent, mm. it took a while to factor in the interdependence. I definitely would say that for myself. But what I, the value that I found in being independent, at least when it comes to success and being able to provide for myself, mm -hmm. was that I no longer used what someone could give me mm -hmm. as factors for a companionship. 
So for me, yes. companionship wasn't reliable on could you buy me this or give me that. Right. I love gifts, but I also love to give myself gifts. So do I feel safe? Do I feel protected? Do I feel heard? Do I feel valuable? All things that a gift, for lack of better words or lack of an example, can't give me. Right. So I no longer use those factors when trying to determine who's a good companion, yeah. right? Like if you're looking for a lifetime partner mm -hmm. in this crazy thing called life, mm -hmm. I want it to be rooted in things that aren't fleeting like money and fleeting like what you can quote unquote bring to the table because mm -hmm. if there isn't a table, you better believe I'm gonna build one or we'll build one together and when you're trying to provide to the table and you aren't able to for some reason, I'm gonna put everything I can on that table because I value the fact that we built that table together. Ooh, so ooh. the companionship for me, which, you know, I've got a lot of slack about that. I'd say some from some friends and it's hard to differentiate. Am I being naive? Am I, is this really the right way? And I think I've done a great job holding on to that because I was able to find you, somebody who is rooted in all the things that matter the most to me and somebody who I feel seen with, who I feel protected with, who I feel valued with and mm -hmm. I feel heard. So all those things that I know really make me feel full and fulfilled and allow me to be a great individual out in this world, I'm getting all those things. I'm All those needs are being met. And so it's tough to be independent for sure, but it's one of those things where you have to take a different perspective and think of, I am independent, so what am I looking for in a partner, mm -hmm. right? If I have these things and I know that I can fulfill, yes, I'm not somebody who I'm not, who's not codependent on me. Mm -hmm. That is not what we're talking about, mm -hmm. and there's boundaries, but at least I know that if for some reason one of us aren't able to do it, we both, one of us will carry the extra weight. Man, I hope y'all taking notes because I sure am because <laughs> y'all hitting on certain points that we, like I said, we turn a blind eye to. It's really, we're trying to figure out what's wrong with our relationships, but you don't want to answer the tough questions about what's going on in your relationship. And what y'all just hit on that resonated with me so much was like, how do men let that guard down of, of being the provider and sharing that responsibility with their partner? So like with me and Shay, I'm just glad she brought it up. I opened up as a man. I became more comfortable with myself through her. And what I mean by that is things I felt like I couldn't talk about because men don't talk about that kind of stuff. Crying, things I want to cry about, actually crying and getting it out. And with her being around, it made me more emotionally vulnerable, but it made me more spiritual and emotionally clear. And what I mean by that, all y'all heard the skeletons in the closet, right? Everybody has them. But they only skeletons in the closet until you let them out and you tell somebody. Mm -hmm. And with men, we have too many skeletons to where it overflows and then it trickles down into our real world and then it trickles into our relationships and it makes everything unbearable. And then we kind of crash. And with women, women get really emotional and they go into a dark place. Like men, we go out there and do violence. So we go tear something up, punch on some on a few guys. How do we get it out? But women, women go into this dark place where they can't look at anybody else with uh, with hopes of being trustworthy or y'all lose the characteristic size of people. So y'all, instead of going out there like, I'm going to go out there and smash something, you're going to go out here and never be able to love somebody fully again. And mm -hmm. that's and everybody loses in that situation. So with the man, yeah, we run you away. You might be able to run to another man that probably won't do the things I was doing to you. But regardless, there will never be another man that can do it for a woman because of the things that y'all will never show again. Mm -hmm. And... This is where I'm trying to get men. We got to understand. Men, you got to protect your women. Women, you got to protect your men. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we must both coexist. Like, like I always say, it takes two parents to raise a child. You can't have just one side raise a child because it needs both dynamics. Mm -hmm. Just for the, the 
the being a person, you know, you got to be able to, if you got a daughter, she got to be able to understand boys and, and men to better understand who she wants as a partner. And she must be fully comfortable with herself as a woman before she can give herself to a man to better understand her. So I'm glad that y'all gave those sides. And uh, another way I want to go on this talk while we're here, how do y'all feel um, relationship-wise to being submissive to a point where your man still feels like a man because it ties back into what we just said, right? The reason the men felt threatened is because they feel like the woman had everything, right? Mm -hmm. So to what extent do you as women feel like, okay, I got to let my man have this because it's things that with my girl, when it came to building our new spot that we got together, I didn't take the joy away from her getting to put this place together because I know she really cares about that. I'll throw anything here. I would have went to Walmart and furnished this whole spot. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to be serious, it's going to be cheap and it's going to be cheap. That's all I care about. <laughs> and just with that, I understood that she has a knack for putting stuff together. And that's her women's intuition, I guess you can call it. But she has a knack for this stuff. And just because I want to furnish this house cheap and and low expense and just make it look like something that's it's more than that mm -hmm. she wanted to make it a home and that's why it feels like such a home and here we got a christmas tree everything's set in order sometimes men we don't have that outlook so that's where partnership is very important if you want to live in this world by yourself you never will have anybody to challenge you if you're right or wrong mm -hmm. so that's why i'm glad and i'm glad that people i take relationships so serious like marriage and just kind of any significant other because they mean more to you than just the word significant other. They really bring parts out of you that you never would have been able to tap into unless being said person. So like I said, I appreciate her for that. And we just went off on a good topic. So now I'm going to try to wrap it up and I want to do one more question. So Chantel, this will be for you. I'm going to ask y'all some questions individually real quick. So in your professional career, what do you think, out of all your experiences, good, bad, and indifferent, what have you learned more about yourself through your profession? Because you made me learn about myself. Now, I think about this question that I'm asking. You made me tap into why I was so angry, why, who I was angry at, what I was angry for. Out of all the sports and different type of athletes you've dealt with and just regular people, too, that you've talked to, friends and family. What have you learned about yourself that you wouldn't have if you wouldn't have took this path in life that you're on right now? Mm. Gosh, that's a great, big, wonderful question. Oh, yeah, you got it because you, hey, <laughs> you tap into stuff that you never know other people can tap in. Now I got to see how does she tap into yeah. her own self now. You know, I, I have to say, and maybe this is top of mind because mm -hmm. we've just been talking about relationships mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. inter- uh, interdependence mm -hmm. and connectivity but I think one of the things that I've learned through my profession um, that applies to the professional world but also applies just to us as human beings is how do we how are we witnesses to each other's lives mm -hmm. you know and this is the quote uh, I briefly was referring to mm -hmm. uh, from a movie uh, called shall we dance okay. with JLo and Richard Gere mm -hmm. from a number of years ago but there's this great line, uh, and it was the actress Susan Sarandon who speaks it, uh, where at some point she's asked to describe what, what is marriage. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things she says, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's, it's basically that part of the mission is to be there to witness each other's lives. Mm -hmm. and, and I love that with the idea of marriage, 
but I think it, it, it can be even bigger than that, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's his family members, whether it's his friends, or of course, even in my professional life, like it's one of the things I feel so blessed in my role is that I get to witness human beings. And, and by taking that stance and by, you know, quote unquote, holding space and, and developing real meaningful connections with people, mm. not only do I get to witness people in their lives, mm. but I feel like somehow it helps people to really come to know themselves mm. and to witness their own story too. Mm. Um, so like that gives me goosebumps to think about it because mm. I think that's been one of the biggest lessons mm. Um, is that ability to witness life in ourselves and in each other. Nice. Before I get to Shana, Shanta, I, I hate to overwork you while you're here, but I got one more <laughs> good one for you because you speak so well. Have you ever gave anyone, whether it be an athlete or anybody you work with or family, advice that you couldn't even take yourself? Oh, yes, I was sir. not expecting <laughs> that question. Curveballs. Oh, that is, oh, that is a good one. Yes. Um, Honestly, I do quote unquote pride myself trying to walk my talk, nice. but depending on what's going on in life, mm -hmm. it's, hard. Uh, it's hard, it's mm -hmm. hard. And so even in recent weeks, you know, different things coming up and I'm like, I know that for example, one of the things I value and will say to clients is, is um, you know, especially in sport, mm -hmm. right? We're so brave physically, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like, can we be brave emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. And so I know that comes up in conversation with clients in mm -hmm. so many ways. And you know, I remind myself of that all the time. Like, all right, Chantal, it's time for you to be emotionally brave mm -hmm. too, right? So, um, yeah, I try to keep myself honest. Nice. Um, I don't know if that's too generic of an no, answer. No, no, because because uh, it covers the whole spectrum. Because I know what you mean by by honest. Because as a professional, you have to give the athletes and the people you're working with your professional opinion, but also. Yeah. You want to give them your honest opinion because I'm human. I also know what you're feeling on the human side, but I got to make sure I handle my job responsibility before I get too emotionally attached. So I get where you're coming from. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because like, I, like you did with me, I'm going to share now. I was a very angry young man, but with my job, <laughs> I go out there and, and hit people for fun. Like I get paid to go out there and rock stuff, but uh, I was off the field broken. I was really, really broken and I was holding on to some stuff that I really couldn't understand. So as me and you got to talk and break those things down, that's why I wanted to ask you that specific question because you opened my eyes in a different way that had nothing to do with football, the reason I was so angry. It was it was stuff way beyond football that I was angry about, but the only time I ever brought it up or handled it was when I was out there hitting another guy. And that's the wrong way to handle it because I really need to handle it in my real life world because beyond that switch, I can turn off and on in football. I couldn't turn those emotions off when I got off the field and I was wondering why I wasn't happy in my life or happy with where I was at because I was just living behind a mask basically and I appreciate you for being able to share all that with us today as well. Well I appreciate you and everything that you've been willing to share and if if I can just mm. add one little piece to mm. that that relates to some of the lessons I've learned through my profession is that you know I think a lot of times we we don't know how to go inside mm -hmm. ourselves right we'll, we'll learn how to navigate you know even as little kids we yeah. get told how to cross the street look left look right you know and we learn how to navigate the outside world but I think a lot of times we don't know how to navigate the inside world Definitely. whether it's with our thoughts and it can get busy up there with, with that chatter in our brain or whether it's the things that have touched our heart that, mm -hmm. have, that have wounded us or traumas or, mm -hmm. or the parts that we just don't even know how to navigate so I feel like that's one of the pieces that I've been blessed to learn mm -hmm. uh, with the work that I do is 
is how how do we go inside in a way that's safe, mm -hmm. in a way that feels safe with another, True. so that we can actually do that work on the inside. So gotta, gotta so find grateful. that gotta find that comfortable spot, you know, where you're comfortable talking with somebody and you're comfortable with yourself of sharing it because you don't want to ever share something that you'd be like, man, I shouldn't have said that. Now you feel bad. Or treat the person that you said it to funny, but you just didn't mean to let it out like that. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you on that. And Miss Shana Desir, I had to think of something special for you because you different. So, <laughs> Shana, your last question is how, and I'm trying to figure out how you ended up to where we are today in our relationship, right? You met me. Mm -hmm. I was in, in between relationships, so I was trying to get rid of not to get rid of that sound bad. I was trying to transition from a relationship mm -hmm. into a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And you also, in transition in your own life, you were trying to figure your own self out, figure out what you like, what makes you happy. And then you came into my life and in my most uncertain time where I had a surgery. So this is a guy that you just met. You took all my problems on with your problems. So tell me how you seem to manage and cope with that not knowing what was coming next. So... For example, I'm just trying to let you know, like, I could have got healthy and basically said, oh, thank you for getting me healthy. But I, I don't think I'm ready for a relationship. That's <laughs> just it's real. That's really yeah. how it goes. So I'm going to ask you, how did you stay locked in with the unknown? Like now, you know, I love you to death now. But before I was just another dude you had just met. How did you get comfortable with yourself as you were battling through everything you were battling through? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I have to say, you know, I did, I was working so hard on myself the week, the mm -hmm. year, mm -hmm. um, prior to us meeting, the year that we did meet, like yeah. so 2019 was a lot of self discovery and still making a lot of poor decisions, but a lot of self discovery. And one of the pieces that I was really working hard on was just trying to navigate in more faith. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I say it and I preach it yet. Do I practice it and holding myself more accountable for not practicing it? And taking off my hands on the steering wheel and giving them to God, right? Yeah, like being so. able to know that regardless of where I go, I'm in good hands mm. and that things will pan out and work out for my benefit if I navigate in faith. And so while you say you were just another guy, mm -hmm. you, been, you were the very opposite. Yeah. I didn't know where it was going to go or how it was going to go. But the one thing that she did from the very beginning, which was so refreshing, was really wear your emotions on your sleeve about the things that to me were plain in sight that you are uncomfortable with and unsure about because you had never been down this path. Yeah. So surgery coming was something that we discussed really early on and mm -hmm. I recognized it. Um, your family was something that you discussed very early on and I recognized a lot of the things that we were talking about in the very beginning of us getting to know each other was so much about the foundation of who you are. And so for me, surgery was vulnerability and I was like, you know, God, I don't know what's going to happen here, but if there's anything I can do, I'm going to be present. Because I recognize just being present and reminding you that you're not here all alone because of your family being elsewhere and how much they mean to you. Yeah. You know, you do have somebody you can lean on and you do have somebody who cares about your well-being. And I think a lot of people can attest that you have a great light and you have great energy. And I felt that immediately. You know, I felt that before we really had our first date. I felt yeah. your energy. So that energy is undeniable. And I, and I saw how this next chapter was going to could dim that light and mm -hmm. I wanted to at least if anything you know be at service to you to help you maintain that light which you did gracefully and you really exceeded my expectations which were really slim and minor but it's just I, I don't I recognize that it was a tough time for you and I, and I know that but I don't know if you know how much 
you gave me in that time as well because allowing me to be there with a little bit of resistance mm -hmm, at times mm -hmm. but when the resistance was all the way down your gardens down there was so much beauty left yeah. to see and explore and so much that i was intrigued by that i don't feel like there was any real risk because if it nothing else mm. i got to know somebody who wouldn't have if i left it up to myself you would have been the complete opposite of what i thought yeah. you know like it was really me navigating in faith and me being reminded that God has a lot more in store for me than I can be in control of. And mm. be having less control has really brought me more blessings. So it was definitely a tough time and I know it was for you and there was a lot of uncertainty, but all the moments were so great. Mm -hmm. And in COVID, when we talk about the prior to COVID moments and yeah. the places we went and the things that <laughs> we did, every step, every hangout, every game night, every all of the conversations, you know, from the very, very beginning to now, so much of it brought so much value. And I learned so much about myself and I learned so much about the greatness of that existence of people that you would know is there. So I, I didn't think there was gonna be a loss regardless. And for the first time, it was refreshing to throw my heart into something or someone and feel like there was so much I was getting in return that you didn't know you were giving. It's just who you are, you know? Mm -hmm. so. I think that's probably, I was navigating in faith and letting God do his work. And it was magic, clearly, because here I am. Man, y'all got <laughs> way with words, don't you? <laughs> well, that's the way they steal the podcast right there. <laughs> well, I'm full of new knowledge and I'm so inspired and I'm so happy that y'all chose to speak so freely and so openly with me. Um, all of both of um, you are significant to me and y'all's relationships are different. But I swear that y'all mean so much to me and I've learned and grew so much with both of y'all and both of y'all seen so many different sides of me and I just appreciate y'all accepting me for one and also just being the amazing human beings y'all are. And I'm gonna let y'all finish up if y'all have anything to say, closing remarks for the people. I just wanna say thanks so much. What a treat to, to be invited to, to be in conversation with both of you today. Mm -hmm. uh, every time I get to speak to both of you, it's such a blessing for me. Uh, so thank you for your presence and your friendship. And, uh, and it's a treat to, to have this conversation today. No problem, Ms. Shana Dazir. Likewise, I think I would echo the same remarks. It's always a pleasure. It's always great company, a good moment for me to think about my own thoughts and my own you know, experiences. And it's always great to know that you feel safe to share your experiences with me as well. So thank you both. And thanks for having us. Jonathan. Yes, sir. Yes. And I'll, I'll leave y'all with this. Y'all know how I finish it up. And I love this saying, I'm gonna keep on saying that you never have to prove anything to anyone, but you will always have to prove everything to yourself. And that's all folks. Appreciate y'all.